to believe that it's been three and a half years since I stepped off the plane at Heathrow, knowing it was for good this time. I've lived a fairly nomadic lifestyle for the majority of my life, but this move was different. This time, I was leaving behind my family and the country I'd known and called home for more than 30 years. I knew it wasn't always going to be easy to settle into a new country and a new home, but the one thing I did know was that it was going to be worth it. In this episode, I'm going to talk about my first year living in the UK. You might say it was one for the books. So grab a glass of wine, a cup of coffee, or a glass of your favorite beverage, pull up a chair, and have a listen. And welcome to my take on the world. At the end of August 2020, I packed my entire life into three suitcases, a backpack, and a carry-on, and I boarded my 10-hour flight out of Dallas, Texas. Everything about that flight was different. It was nearly empty to start with, and we all had to wear masks due to COVID. Even more than that, it was only one way. I didn't have a return ticket. I didn't have to start counting down the days as soon as I landed. Saying goodbye to my family was really difficult. I've lived away from them since I moved out when I was 16. But the year before I moved over here to the UK, I had just recently reconnected with my parents, and that made the leaving much more emotional. But at the same time, I knew Andrew was waiting for me on the other end of that flight, and I knew he was my future. I arrived at Heathrow Airport early in the morning, I queued up and waited to get through customs. I made my way to baggage claim, and by some miracle, I was able to pile all my bags onto a luggage trolley by myself. As multiple people walked by, stopped to watch me, and then continued on their way, of course. I was tired, and I was a sweaty mess by the time I passed through the double doors at arrivals and saw Andrew standing there waiting for me. He ducked under the barrier, pulled me into his arms, and kissed me through our masks. I knew then that I was home. After my arrival, I had to immediately go into two-week quarantine at home. I suppose in many ways this worked out well as it forced me to unpack and gave us time to finish setting up our new house. During those two weeks, we just enjoyed spending time with each other after being apart for so long and started to get used to living with each other. At the end of my quarantine, after those two weeks, we were more than ready to get out and about. I was ready to start exploring my new home finally. One of our first outings was to take a drive down to the Cotswolds. What we didn't know then is that would become one of our favorite places. We stopped in Stratford-upon-Avon, the home of Shakespeare, of course, and checked out the model village's Borton on the Water. I couldn't believe how lucky I was to get to live in a place many only dream of visiting. And I still feel that way, to be fair. Just before life truly began to get crazy, Andrew starting his new job and me starting uni, we went for a visit to Newstead Abbey, which is the home of Lord Byron. Then we began to settle into what we believed would become our routine for the next year. There was no way we could have known at the time that we were heading towards another lockdown. Just a few weeks after I began classes, getting to experience the university life in the flesh for the first time. The government here decided to put England back into a lockdown. 
Everyone hoped it was only going to be for a short time. That's what they told us anyway. However, that wasn't the case. Lockdown ended up lasting until the spring. After only being able to attend a handful of camp classes on campus, my university experience was thrust into a virtual environment, and that's where it would stay through the rest of my program. Let's talk about grocery shopping in a new country. I moved around the States a lot. Each time it meant getting to know the layout of a new grocery store. It's a real pain and it can be very stressful for the first little bit of living someplace new. However, adding being in a new different country to that with a different currency and different food options and a pandemic on top of it takes grocery shopping to a whole new level. Not only did I not know where anything was, I had to face the reality of not being able to find many of the items I was used to regularly getting back home. To say my first few trips to the grocery store were stressful might be an understatement. Trying to adjust recipes in my head because I couldn't find certain ingredients, trying to find things and trying to explain what I'm looking for through a mask was quite literally a recipe for disaster. Thankfully, Andrew is a very patient person and he was very understanding as I adjusted to this. Now, I still struggle when I can't find something specific that I want, but I've become much more accustomed to finding substitutes and making adjustments. I never would have imagined that something as simple as grocery shopping would be one of my biggest struggles when I moved here. Just after the new year in 2021, while England was still wading its way through the most recent lockdown, I fell ill. It started off slowly. I just didn't feel quite right for a few days. I was really tired and I had a bit of a cough and I had a massive headache. I knew I was coming down with something and I prayed it wasn't COVID. A few days after I first began to develop symptoms, my worst fears were realized. I had COVID. I woke up one morning and could not get out of bed. I barely had enough energy in my body to make it to the bathroom, and by the time I got back to bed, I was completely spent. My cough had escalated, everything ached, I had a fever, and my breathing definitely wasn't right. Andrew called into work, and we ordered tests to be delivered to the house. There was little doubt in either of our minds what it was. By the time the tests arrived the next day, I couldn't smell anything, and I could barely taste. I didn't need the test to tell me what I already knew. but we did as we were told, and we did the tests, and we sent them back. In the couple of days it took to get the results, my ability to taste completely left me. My cough only got worse, and I couldn't move. Andrew was incredible, taking care of me, cooking, bringing anything I needed. He sat in bed with me and rubbed my back when the cough got bad. He even sat there for hours when the only way I could get comfortable was laying across the bed with my head in his lap and let me sleep. Well, my breathing wasn't perfect, and on a side note, I have asthma, so it was a real concern. It never actually got to the point where we needed to get me to the hospital, but it was still a bit scary for a few weeks because that was always a possible outcome. After a little over two weeks of not being able to get out of bed, I started to turn the corner, and we knew I was going to be okay. It took another four to six weeks before my energy levels fully recovered, and eight more weeks before my taste and smell slowly returned. By the time I was fading, 
fighting my way through the last of my COVID symptoms, the country was just beginning to see the light at the end of the tunnel of lockdown. By the, the time the first flowers of spring began to bloom, we were all pretty fed up with living in lockdown. We were ready for life to start moving forward again. Thankfully, the government actually felt the same way and announced their, quote, roadmap to the end of lockdown and restrictions. As the first pieces of lockdown were lifted, Andrew and I were more than ready to get out for the day. We decided to take a drive to the Peak District and have a wander around Bakewell. For those of you who have heard of it, Bakewell Tarts, that is the Bakewell I'm talking about. The shops and cafes were still closed, but the town itself is really beautiful, and we also went for a bit of hike on one of the trails. It was nice to just get out of the house and out of our town for a few hours. It was there in those quaint cobblestone streets of Bakewell when I had my first and what is pretty much only spot the American moment I've had. So basically what happened was I needed the loo. It's a simple thing. We found one in the middle of town and noticed the, at the entrance there was a gate which meant you had to pay 20 pay, that's 20 pence, to get into the bathroom. Keep in mind now, I hadn't actually been here that long and the majority of my time had been spent in lockdown, not leaving the house except to go to the grocery store. Apparently, on that day, this was just a bit too much for me to take. We didn't have any cash on us because, of course, all through COVID, they told us not to use cash and to use our cards. So that meant we had to find a cash point machine. Then we had to find some place that was actually open so we could buy something and get some change. Because here, in most places, you can't just walk up to the counter and ask for some change like you can in so many places in America. Through all this, I was becoming more and more desperate for the loo, which in turn made me more and more irritated. I began a rant about how ridiculous it was to have to pay to use the bathroom, and it probably didn't make them any cleaner. It doesn't, by the way. And how you would never find that in the States which may or may not be a bit of an exaggeration. My rant may have been a bit louder than I meant it to be, but Andrew simply let me rant. Then he handed me chained and sent me on my way to the bathroom. After waiting in the queue, which of course wasn't there when we first found it, I found out that due to COVID, they had it so you didn't actually have to pay to open the gate after all. So all of that running around to get chained and my entire rant was for nothing. After I did my business and came back out, Andrew smiled at me and asked if I was better. I gave him a sheepish grin and we had a good laugh about the whole thing. And we still laugh about it a bit now. That was the first of many days out after lockdown finally came to an end. By June, we were even able to finally go on our first holiday together. We spent a weekend in Devon and Somerset and it was absolutely amazing. I finished my master's program virtually I completed a placement on the campus literary journal, virtually. I even graduated, oh yeah, virtually. COVID definitely made my first year in the UK look very different from how I imagined. But I did everything I set out to do in that year. And most importantly, Andrew and I got to be together through it all. After I graduated, I began the tedious process of finding a job. I sent out hundreds, and that's not an exaggeration, of applications. I had a few interviews, and I suffered the pain of many rejections. 
Finally, I had what can only be considered the perfect interview for an absolutely dream job. I waited with bated breath. Sorry for the cliche. Once the interview process was over, hoping that this time it had been enough. And guess what? It was. I not only landed my dream job, I now have the opportunity to begin a career in my new country and my new home. A job I still currently have, by the way. If our journey that first year has taught me one thing, is that 12 months can change everything. I don't know what the next 12 months will bring, or the next three years, but with Andrew holding my hand, I know that we will not only make it through all of this, we'll be happy at the same time. This has been just a little about my first year living in the UK. Watch this space and you might just get to hear more about my adventures living in another country. Thanks for listening and thanks for being a part of my take on the world.